selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first realized store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Don't sweat the The best, most informed sports talk noon to three. It's the Killer Bees. Joel Blank and Jeremy Brenham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. All right, we have something to give away because killer bees love you. That's what we do almost daily. We give away things, usually our takes and knowledge. But today, something real, something tangible. Caller number 10 right now, 713-780-3776, wins four tickets to the granddaddy of all hunting shows, August 4th through 6th at NRG Center. Scope out hunting seminars, all of the latest hunting equipment on hand, ATVs for the little hunters, games, snakes, live alligators, and more fun for the entire family at the original Texas Hunting Show, the 47th annual Hunter's Extravaganza. For details, go to huntersextravaganza.com. Caller 10 713-780-3776 wins. For details, go to huntersextravaganza.com if you're not one of the lucky winners. All right, I'm sick and tired of the Chaz McCormick is a fluke narrative that I've read and heard. I've heard some people go as far to say that the the reason that Chaz McCormick has had success is because Dusty Baker doesn't play him a whole lot. So because he doesn't play a whole lot, that Chaz McCormick is good in the rare moments that he plays, which is silly. There's a reason pinch hitters have never had tremendous amount of success in Major League Baseball over the years, especially in the National League. A couple of numbers I'm going to throw at you for Chaz McCormick. His OPS right now, in entering play today, is 902. His OPS is north of 900. If you look at center fielders who qualify, Chaz McCormick doesn't have enough innings to qualify, by the way. His 902 OPS would lead every center fielder in baseball. He's ahead of Corbin Carroll, 901 OPS. He's ahead of Luis Robert. Chaz McCormick, if he had enough innings to qualify, would have the best OPS of any center fielder in baseball. People will say, well, it's a fluke year. He's he's riding a hot streak. You can't look at this little two-week window for Chaz McCormick and say that he's good. Okay, well, look at his career OPS. Chaz McCormick's career OPS is 788. If you look at that 788 OPS and what it is right now around Major League Baseball, that would be the eighth best 
OPS of any center fielder in Major League Baseball. Chaz McCormick is really good. Yes, he might be riding a heater right now, but Chaz McCormick's career numbers still make him a top 10 center fielder in Major League Baseball. This is where the argument should fall short and people should open up their eyes and go, if Dusty Baker just played him more earlier in the season when he was hell-bent on not playing and when we all thought he should play, and even starting with how upset I was, ring ceremony opening night and the other ways that he kind of mistreated a guy that was a, a, a big part of what happened in the playoffs a year ago. If you'd have played him more, who's to say the results would have been even better? Like, we would be sitting here talking about a guy that's been your savior. We're already talking him as being one of the saviors, but if he had played consistently from the start of the season like he's playing consistently now, we might be talking about a guy, especially with Jordan's injury, that could be the MVP of your team. Look what he did last night. He was a one-man wrecking crew. Bases loaded. Well, that's who you want up at the plate, no matter who else is you know, sitting on your dugout. The dude has been mashing the baseball, playing good defense for the most part. He does have his hiccups every now and then. You know, but for the most part, everything you could ask for, side of slapping a first baseman's glove in a meaningless portion of a game. about that. This dude has been it for you this year. He's been one of the best center fielders in baseball. And I mean, the numbers would tell you. And I don't I don't think he's the most talented center fielder. I think Luis Roberts more talented. I think J-Rod. Corbin Carroll is more talented. I think J-Rod's more talented. Like there's more talented center fielders. And I'm not I'm not arguing that. But Chaz McCormick what he is producing right now is better production from any center fielder that qualifies in center field in all of Major League Baseball. His career numbers because I'm tired of well, this season's a fluke. Okay, even if he's playing above his mean his career numbers make him a top 10 center fielder in all of Major League Baseball, which I find that that argument against him to, to be bizarre. Like, why would his numbers be better if he's only playing sporadically? If he's playing three to four times a week, how would his numbers be off. How would his numbers be better? They like it's better be. to play every day. Well, I guess when you you know when you only play, get like 10 at bats in two, two weeks or so and, and you get four hits, well, now you're a 400 hitter in, in the game. As opposed to saying, look, if you're hot and you're hitting the ball consistently, you're barreling the baseball whether you're making outs or not. And when you do it more times than not, it's contributing in a positive way to the outcome of the game for your team. You have to play him more, especially because of the injuries you've had, because of the predicament you've had all season long. So to look at all of that, to say all that, and and then say, well, you know, if he'd have played less. No, he should have been playing more. He should have been playing more all season long. And then my question to you on the flip side would be, because I believe Dubon's a guy that I have a hard time believing is going to be able to maintain this for multiple seasons. Dubon's a guy on the flip side where I look at and say, hey, he was a personal center fielder a year ago that really couldn't hit the baseball at all. I'm loving what he's doing this year. But I have more doubts about him than Chaz in terms of maintaining this because Chaz has shown, as you've said, throughout his career, a propensity to be a, a, a good hitter at the, at the plate, to do some things. Dubon, to me, is a guy that I feel differently about because I just, and I haven't seen enough of him either, but what I saw of him last year and since he's been an Astro, I don't have the belief he's going to be flirting with 300, 275, 300 hitter and doing all the things he's done. I hope he, I hope he does. But I see, I see that a little differently. Mauricio is actually producing closer to his career numbers than Chaz is, though. Like Mauricio is a two sixty eight hitter this year, six seventy one OPS. Lifetime he's two fifty two hitter, six fifty nine OPS. So he's like in the same ballpark of who he's been in his entire career. Now he's getting consistent at bats, 
which he's never yeah. done before in his Major League Baseball career. So perhaps Dubon, as a normal starter, this is who he is. And I don't think Dubon's a great offensive player. I think that he's a nice piece to have. I think he's great as a utility guy. He's nice whenever you have a starter that has to miss three weeks with an injury. But a 671 OPS guy is below Major League Baseball average. Of the and 85 guys, OPS plus is below Major League Baseball average. Of the two guys, though, who do you believe in more long-term in terms of being a good offensive hitter? I mean, I think Dubon can be what he is this year. I think Chaz... I don't think Chaz is a 900 OPS guy, if I'm being honest with you. I think he's like an 850 OPS guy, maybe 825 OPS guy. I think Dubon is producing at like a Dubon level. His numbers are pretty close to his career averages. People wouldn't realize that, but they are. they, They wouldn't, because I think realistically, when people saw him flirting with 300 through the first month, you know, month and a half, two months of the season or so, they were like, oh my God. This is our new guy. This is going to be our – I mean, Oach has already been adamant about him replacing Pena at shortstop. I mean, look, for, for this year, it's been absolutely phenomenal. I have a little less confidence that he's going to be able to continue to maintain this going forward, whereas I believe we're seeing what Chaz can be in center field. And because it's center field, you're not expecting a guy to do the kind of things that a corner outfielder does offensively. But because he's got pop, too, mm-hmm. as well as the other things that you talked about – I think there's a good reason to believe Chaz can maintain this. Look, I think Chaz could be a top 10 center fielder in baseball. And this year he's producing at that level. I don't think Dubon can be a top 15 second baseman in Major League Baseball. But Dubon, he's 12 points off his career average in OPS. Chaz McCormick is over 100 points off his career OPS average. So Chaz is actually playing way above the career averages where Dubon's been right there uh, with his career averages. I, I wanted to look at Chaz compared to Springer because a lot of people confuse Springer as like a center fielder, even though George Springer is no longer a center fielder, hasn't played there at all this year. Chaz McCormick, since George Springer left, 788 OPS, last three years. George Springer, since he left the Astros, an 810 OPS. So Springer's close. better, but it's close, and Springer's getting $25 yeah, million a, dollars a year, and Chaz McCormick's getting the league minimum. This year, Springer's not been very good, and Chaz, maybe he's playing above his mean. But Chaz, as we just mentioned, 902 OPS. George Springer's 729. Like, Chaz McCormick is far superior from a production standpoint than George Springer has been this year, and Chaz is doing it in center field while Springer's doing it in right. Yeah, look, I mean, he has been a breath of fresh air, a blessing that you didn't see coming, that you didn't know that you needed and now you've got him and you've still got him locked up for the future to where you say, this is a guy that under no circumstances should be a guy that you're trying to unload and get rid of. This is a guy that you should start believing. It's like now hearing, you know, the same way that Dusty has said, as much as we thought Corey Lee was the catcher of the future, how quickly things change. Now you're hearing Dusty say Yiner Diaz is the catcher of the future, which means Corey Lee is log jammed and he's more of a trade player piece than he is anything else. Jake Myers forever in a day when you talk to especially with James Click, Jake Myers was your center fielder of the future. Yeah. And that was the one the term you kept being thrown out. Now, I think most people say if it's not Chaz, then something's wrong because this guy should be your center fielder for the foreseeable future. Honestly, I think they trade Jake. I think so too. I don't think Jake Myers is a Houston Astro in August. I think Corey Lee gets traded too. That one I'm a little more unsure about because I think that they're going to need more for Corey Lee than to get rid of him. No, I'm not trying to say they're dumped no, out. I don't think you think that. Yeah. I, I I think it's going to be more difficult for them to trade Corey Lee than Jake because I think they're going to ask more for Corey Lee than they are Jake. I think rightfully so. I, I think that, that you know he should have value across the league, but you also understand if you're a team talking to talking to the Astros about him, 
that they kind of have, not that they have to, but they're probably going to want to move him because of the fact that they already have Yiner. 7-1, yeah. But you need two catchers more than you need two center fielders. But you can't let two guys that have the desire and the ability to be frontline catchers sit on your roster because one of them's not going to be happy and then they're going to be disgruntled and then you're going to deal with trade talks. Yeah, you and know all how I feel crap. about feelings, I know. though. I'm never worried I, about a player's feelings. I don't think – I think you could go into next season unless with, it's Jordan. with Corey and Diaz on your roster. I, I think it, I think it's going to happen unless they get a significant trade piece before August 1st. Because you've got two catchers that you need. Yeah. You've got Jordan, who's going to play some games in left, DH some games. I think it's at that point, maybe that's when you start to advance the, hey, can Corey Lee play a little bit of left field? You know, Diaz is your backup first baseman when Abreu gets the day off, or Corey Lee's your backup first baseman. Or they can just DH. So, Or one can DH. So it's like, if Corey Lee's a better defensive catcher, maybe he's your catcher, and then when Alvarez is in left, Diaz is your DH. I'm not saying like, it happens right away, but at a certain point, whether it's Lee or more likely his agent, don't you think that they're going to come to the to the table to Dana Brown's office or call and say, "Hey, look." Unless one of them, what are they going to do though? Like they're going to be, "Hey, I'm mad." Okay, cool. Like, unless what like does one that of, do? But like, you can really, you should be, shouldn't in theory, one of these guys be your Jose Abreu replacement in two years? I don't know if either one's. Well, Yiner could, but Yiner's value. If Yiner can catch, he's tremendously more valuable than he is at first base. Yeah. Because that bat at catcher plays way more than it plays at first base. Because you just look at the average relative to the position around Major League Baseball. If Yiner Diaz can catch full-time his primary position, I think he's going to be an all-star. If he's a full-time first baseman, I don't think he's an all-star. He's way more valuable as a catcher. I don't think that Yiner Diaz should be like forecasted as a first baseman of the future for the Astros. I think he is your catcher. You're using Corey Lee to dangle in trade talks. If you get something of return for Corey Lee, then I'm trading Corey Lee because he is blocked. But if you if you're getting nothing offered for Corey Lee, then Corey Lee's your backup. Yeah, look, if you get no, no offers that you're cool with, then there's no reason to trade him because I think his value will still be there. But I I, I think that maybe it's not going to happen overnight. But at a certain point, to have two guys that young that both have aspirations of being starting catchers in Major League Baseball, no matter where. You know, if it means Lee makes the major league roster and you can move Lee around and he's open to doing so, he's still probably not going to want to do those positions long term as much as he's going to want to catch. And so, if there's other teams out there looking for a front line catcher, he's going to want to move on. Now, you have so to, so with Chaz and Jake Myers, but you have their rights. You're not I just going to give them because the agent throws a fit and no, says, I "Get, get me that, out of town." But because the logjam and the way the pecking order sits, that you're not going to move away from Yiner. So then. You're going to keep shopping him you're, sure. until you find the right deal. Yeah, I think you would, and, and, and unless you never find that right deal. And at that point, his value as a backup catcher is better than trading him for a journeyman middle oh, no, reliever. Yeah. I'm not trying to say give him away. I don't think you are. Yeah. I, I, for, for the record, I don't think you are. I, I just I never worry about a backup catcher's feelings, even if he's a young prospect. 713-780-ESPN. HRP listener line 713-780-3776. If I told you... That every year that you have Jordan Alvarez, that he has to miss 40 games. Every single year, Jordan Alvarez has to miss 40 games. But if it always meant the middle of the season, would you take that? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. One of the things that you need to get in on, I've been telling you about all the great things that ESPN is doing here recently. General Ben, you know, HRMP, I think of, you know, Helped you out a lot in that regard. 
Well, this one is for you, listener, if you're looking to get rich. Are you interested in betting on some football, survivor pools? Do you play games against the spread? You probably do. Well, why not enter the Circa Million and the Circa Survivor? They're both back, and there's $14 million between the two in guaranteed prizes. No rake. No rake at all. All the money goes back into the contest. The biggest football contest in Vegas, back for their fifth year only at Circus Sports. Head to Circa, enter in Vegas, and the beauty of it, you can play from anywhere. You can play from your couch. You can play from work. You can play from the production room, wherever, because you can play anywhere once you enter in Vegas. The Circa Million Football Contest, $6 million in total prizes, quarterly payouts, 100% payback. No rake. The top prize, $1 million guaranteed. You'll pick five teams against the spread weekly, and the winner takes home $1 million. Do you like survivor pools? Try the Circus Survivor, their biggest prize yet, $8 million. It's simple. Pick a winner straight up, no spread, win big. Be the lone survivor and a guaranteed $8 million is yours. Bigger money than ever before. Play today for your share of $14 million guaranteed prizes. Contest open now. You don't want to miss out. Enter in Vegas, play from anywhere, and visit CircusSports.com for more details. Time to get back to sports school with the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5. Class is in session. Um, Jordan Alvarez may be making his return today. Who knows? Apparently he has a pair of lineups. He told the flagship. Believe that or not. Um, Does he look at the both of them and think, what should I do? Does Dusty do that? No. Rusty does that. What What do you think? Do you think Dusty does that? No. I think that Dusty I think Dusty knows exactly what he's going to do. He's playing up the two lineups. I think so. 5033, uh, he asked, is this ESPN? Yes. Now, why wouldn't it be? Yeah, well, maybe he was just unsure. Maybe he, we haven't read his text. Maybe he's a little mm-hmm. offended. Well, I heard about something. Maybe, maybe. Uh, yeah. AR Platinum, if anyone is a fluke, starting to think it's Rusty Dusty. He forgot Chaz for too long, or he fought Chaz for too long. Now, he is... Chaz has started the last 14 games. He has started 19 of the last 20. So, I mean, Dusty's come around, if we're being completely yeah, some honest. Some people, it takes longer than others yeah. to come around. He's come around. At least he did. I mean, the, the worst-case scenario would be he'd still he's still platooning him and sitting him out a ton. And then this team's in a totally different position probably now. Instead of two games out with two games against the team you're chasing, looking like you're really starting to put things together with your two best players coming back. So, I love AR Platinum, and I, I'm glad to hear he's listening. The big thing to me is he got it, right? It would be a lot worse if he was still adamant and just kind of drawing the line in the sand and just saying, I don't care. I'm not. I'm doing what I want to do my way. Instead, he realized what's best for me is what's best for the team and what's best for the team is Chad's got to be in there. Yeah, like better late than never, right? Mm-hmm. Like better better late than never. You know one thing I, I forgot to mention about Chaz that I loved with that at bat against Aroldis Chapman yesterday? He turned on a heater. Like, we know that Chaz McCormick loves to go oppo taco, outer half of the plate, just drop the oh, hammer right too. on it. But he, I mean, he was guessing fastball. Sure he said it in the post. I mean, you have to kind of, if you're going to yank a fastball like that at 100 miles per hour. But Chaz McCormick is not one to drive the ball out to the pool side. And for him to turn around and drive one out to the pool side on a fastball from a Roldis Chapman, that's a sign of progress. That's no a sign of development as a hitter. So, I mean, it's one thing to hit an opposite field home run against Garrett Cole in the postseason when you look fastball, but that's to his swing. 
Pitchers like to go high and tight with heat to Chaz McCormick because it's a flaw, it's a hole in his swing. But for him to turn on it and yank it out of the ballpark shows progress. Look at the ball he barreled up in the first inning, too. Dead center field, and it was a rocket. Mm -hmm. Like, he is... We've we've always said that he, he he loves to go to right field. I mean he's late, he's even adjusted his feet or his feet are normally in a position where that's his that's his power zone, but that's also his best hit zone is he's taking the ball the other way. But the fact that you're right, he was thinking he was guessing fastball and jumped on it. But the fact that I've always been on him for having such a long swing, he never shortens up. He's not looking for the base. It seems like he's always trying to swing for the fences. But the fact that he's catching up with fastballs and with a long swing, barreling up pitches to do what he did like he did last night, you're right. Positives, great steps forward. Another reason why you don't you don't sit this guy down. No, he's been he's been good. And and Dusty, Dusty has. Now I'm real curious to see what changes once Jordan's back, because Jordan's gonna play. If Jordan plays, who who's sitting? Is it Yiner? Is it Jolks? Are we gonna see a little bit less of Chaz McCormick? You would hope not. Uh, that's one thing that I'm fascinated about. Once Jordan does come back, I think Jolks right off the top. I would. Uh, that's what I would go with. I know. I think. I don't think Yiner's going to DH a ton. No. Well, but I don't think Yiner's going to play left field either. I think no, Yiner, I think it'd be Yiner's going to be the catcher. DH or catcher. Yeah. yeah. I think he'll DH every now and then. I think he'll catch half ish, half ish of the games. You go to a six man rotation, maybe half the starters are his, half for multi. If I told you. That every year you have Jordan Alvarez, he's going to miss 40 games right off the rip. You go into every year, he's going to miss 40 games no matter what. But those 40 games go, come in and around the All-Star break, kind of like last year with his hand. The hand injuries was right around the All-Star break. This year he got hurt a little bit before the All-Star break, has sat out past the All-Star break. Jordan Alvarez misses 40 games every single year, but it's in the middle of your season. Would you sign up for that right now today? I think I would because I think that when you look at a lot of the seasons for a lot of the players that are some of the highest paid and, and the most highly regarded, even with Carlos Correa, we were looking at that because he was dinged up so much of his career. Averaging 120 to 130, I don't, I don't want to say it was the average, but I want to say that more times than not, that's what the max you were getting, and that was a, that was a, a full season for Carlos Correa. If you're looking to do that for Jordan Alvarez at his contract, for what you got him for, for the length of time that you got him for, and you can actually get some longevity to his ability to live up to that contract by doing this, and the fact that you're going to have him at the biggest times of the year, especially what he's done in the past in the postseason too, of course you sign up for that. You've got everything going in your favor. You still get him for the majority of the games of this regular season. That should put you in a position to get into the playoffs. Once you're in and he's in, you're in a better chance to win, and you're getting him at a significant discount to what he would have gotten had he played the, the game the way that most agents and players prefer to play it. That's it right there, right? Like, you got the Lance McCullers injury discount. Lance McCullers, at his very, very best, is worth more than $17 million per year. But why'd you get him for 17 Because you had the built-in discount of, you know, it was on the it was on the rack that re- you, you have your returns, right? Like, when you buy a shirt and there's, like, a little blemish and damage, you return it, and it gets on the discount rack. You got Lance McCullers on the discount rack. You got the injury-prone discount. Jordan Alvarez, now you bought, you bought out arbitration years, but Jordan Alvarez, if he hit the open market, he's getting $35 million oh a year. He's getting Aaron Judge close. He's getting Aaron Judge adjacent from an average annual salary. You have him for $19 million a year. So you got Jordan Alvarez on the injury-prone discount, and if that means well, he misses that. 40 games in the middle of the year, I absolutely take it. And to add on to that, 
you expect to be a playoff team every year. Mm-hmm. If your expectations are to be a playoff team every year and you think you can kind of cruise into the playoffs, like maybe the Rangers have a good year like they're having now. You have some wild card teams in the AL that you have to worry about. But if you're a playoff team, you're in, you're out. You're you're ripping off 40 games right at the start of the season, but from the middle of the year, that means they get Jordan Alvarez when the games matter the most. Right, and, and I think not only that to what you were saying, the biggest thing is, too, you, you had enough conversations with this guy to understand he'd like to be taken care of on the front side. He wanted to get it done before he waited too long, and, and the money was important to him to get him up, get it up front. And, and so any good general manager realizes, hey, we can do that. We can work with you because the numbers, the trends, and everything looks like this dude's going to be a player for the foreseeable future. You know by calculating that with where the top players in baseball, especially as a power hitter playing the position he plays, you're going to find out that that salary is going to be way above. If you lock him up now, sure, it's a bit of a risk, but the same way you wrap up a J-Rod or other players when they're younger and, and, and you see the signs, he's young enough, but with the signs you've seen of how good he can be and what he means to this franchise, to get him and say, huh, I know you want to get a deal done now. You don't want to wait it out. And if we do that, because there is a risk on our part of giving you that many years because we still have a lot to see, and because of the injury factor, that was a huge, massive catch, that, and, and they jumped on it, and, and more power to the Astros, too, for doing it. It's just the way you do business, because like, while I don't think it's the most ethical way to do it, I do believe that baseball organizations take advantage of no Cuban doubt. baseball players. No doubt. Like They take guys that have had no money their entire life, and they offer them well below average contracts. Jordan Alvarez and, Rock, and, and Acuna Jr. are the, low, the most o- underpaid players in all of baseball by, like, a lot. Yeah, I think it's all Latin Americans. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, Javier, now, I mean, he's getting a healthy amount of money, but if he waits a couple of years, it's the open market, probably makes more. I mean, Astros did it with Altuve. The first yep. contract that Jose Altuve signed mm-hmm. was the greatest baseball contract in the last three decades. Yep. Like, that was robbery. Based on the return yeah. on investment, for yeah. sure. He was winning yeah. an MVP on, like, $6 million, yeah. or whatever well, it was, $3 so million. Off, so oftentimes, those contracts are so bad for the player. You see it, and you're just like, why'd you do that, man? Yep. Why would you sign that deal? Why did you sign that deal? Desperate exactly for money. Right. No, they are. They're desperate and like, for money. It, but the thing is, is that like it changes their lives, yep. and it changes their families' lives, so it, it makes sense why they do it, and they don't wait to hit free agency in seven years or whatever it's going to be. Like It's just a totally different world in baseball. Yeah, it's probably why you've locked up Jordan and you haven't been able to lock up Tucker, right? I mean, I think that that's some. I think there is correlation to that. Five, four, nine, six. Will a Tucker extension be comparable to Jordan's? Nope. Nope. It'll be much higher. <laughs> It'll I, be double. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. But if it did, it would be double. Yeah, it would be double. Um, Eight zero two nine. As long as it's not in the playoffs, I'm good. That's why we said middle of the season. If it's the playoffs, then absolutely you're not taking that. And then. Riss says Jordan break in the middle is ideal. Get the big man off his feet. Get him fresh for the playoffs. Seven one three. Jordan rules. Jordan rule number twenty eight. He misses forty games in the middle of the season. I don't think our rule numbers are correct. No, they're definitely not. I guess every time we just throw one out there. <laughs> we just attach a number to a period. Yeah, we just throw out a random number that I think is Someone next. Said one and a half earlier. Yeah, exactly. So. Jordan rule number twenty nine. It never has to be the exact rule number. From but now I do kind of want to know say, how many we have now. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll write a book about Tomorrow it. Tomorrow I'll be Jordan rule number 864. There you I go. Love How about it. that? That's a, that's a big jump, but I'm, I'm good with it. 713-780-ESPN. What Jordan rule number are we on? What does the will have in store for us today? Am I going to hear what S2D2 has to say? What does Joe 
have in store for us. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Before we go to the break, tell you about the good people at Apollo Men's Health. Look, there's a variety of different ways Apollo Men's Health can help both men and women that are struggling with their day-to-day lives in terms of finding enough energy, doing the things they need to get done. The to-do list gets longer, but you seem to come up shorter in terms of how many things you can check off of it on a daily basis. That's why Apollo Men's Health is here. Men and women are in the lobby all the time, getting help and feeling more energetic and doing the things that they didn't think they could do anymore thanks to the fact that Apollo Men's Health guides them through a process, puts them in a plan that works for them and gets them the results that they need. It could be everything from losing weight, and you can start that by maybe working out and doing things in the gym so you want to recover quicker, you want to measure your progress. They have ways to do all that. You want to lose weight, you don't want to go to the gym? Well, now they have FDA-approved semi-glutides available that can have you losing up to six pounds in a week, and you don't have to go to the gym to get that process going and get you going in the right direction. All the different things that you're interested in, they have a chance. All the energy that you need from B12 shots to all the different ways they do hormone therapy, they have ways to get you to the results that you need. It starts right now by going to ApolloMH.com. If you go to the website and see all the services they offer, and there's a few that you think can help you, sign up for your first appointment right there on the site. When you do, you'll find out most major insurance is accepted. There's discounts for military personnel and first responders. Mention my name, Joel Blank, free B12 shot or body composition on your first official visit, but then go in with an open mind. Answer the questions that they they ask you honestly. Tell them where you're trying to go. They'll get you on a program that works and get you the results you need. They're good people doing great things on a daily basis. Go see the people at Apollo Men's Health. It's the Wheel of Bits on the Killer Bees. Kibbles and bits, kibbles and bits. I'm going to get me some kibbles and bits. Who knows the bits the bees will begrudgingly bite? Well, let's find out. One must go. Here's Joel and Jeremy. And Joe. Mm-hmm. Call me Jimmy. What? I, I have no idea what he's saying. One must go. Okay. One must go. Will a bit. S2D2. What we got? All right. In honor of Saquon Barkley acting like uh, he was going to hold out or something. I don't understand why Saquon's getting ripped. Saquon Barkley got a million dollars more than he was ever going to get. I, I'm surprised he didn't get the right to stop them from franchising franchise tagging him next year he tried this but it doesn't matter like this is a tag this is going to count as a franchise tag no i know so if they tag him again next year he's getting 120 percent of this salary like that is massive for a running back so he's 12 and a half roughly which is big number for more than he was supposed to get with the bonuses and the incentives he tried to get to complete freedom next year and not have the ability to be franchise tagged again. The organization smartly said no because they shouldn't. And then you move on from there. But at least you got a big chunk salary that a lot of running backs are feeling like might be out of their touch from now on. See, what Saquon needs to do, like, I saw a lot of people today say Saquon's leaving leaving the group chat for this running back deal. Like, they had the running back Zoom meeting the other day. Saquon Barkley's doing everything right. He got a million dollars more than he was going to get. If he gets tagged again, he gets 120% of the salary, which is $12 million, but then you get the incentives that he just got, so it's up to $13 million. And then when Saquon enters free agency, see, the why the running back average annual salary is so low is because they feel like they have to get a guaranteed long-term deal. 
When Saquon Barkley's a free agent, he needs to sign the highest average annual salary that is out there. Stop worrying about a three, four-year deal. Sign a one-year deal worth $20 million. You get three running backs that sign one-year deals worth $20 million, guess what the franchise tag number is going to be? It's going to be like $17, $18 million. You get five guys, it's $20 million. So if these running backs really want to like join forces and to do right for the position, play on the tag. Didn't work out for Le'Veon Bell. Maybe sign the six, like get the incentives, get a million dollars more. And then when you're a free agent, you sign the single largest deal you can for one season. You get five guys to do that. The franchise tag number is $20 million. All right, so one must go. We'll use the three running <laughs> Jeremy, backs. Jeremy, by the way, is getting on the next Zoom chat with the running backs. My bad. <laughs> to try and explain that. It would help them. It would. Um, one must go of the three running backs who didn't get a long-term deal that got tagged. Mm. Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard. That's well, easy for me. You don't like Pollard. I don't. And he's coming off an injury. And so... And, those two are key for me. Like, I think that when you're talking about a guy, regardless, in the running back room, it's hard to fathom giving him that money. When you're talking about a guy named Tony Pollard, and he was good last year. What's wrong with his name? But he's no, I'm talking about a guy that, you know, was splitting carries, that wasn't the man the whole season. Yeah, he had a good year, but then he got hurt. And so the, the year coming off of a significant lower leg injury is going to mean that he's probably not going to be as productive as he was even a year ago as he tries to fight his way through and get back to the form that he once had. So for me, it's easy to put Pollard on the shelf and get rid of him. Uh, I think between the other two guys is where it really gets interesting. Saquon, Saquon catches the ball out of the backfield, but Josh Jacobs is a stud. And Josh Jacobs is, a, is the majority of your offense. So I think I, I'm, going to, I'm going to actually go with Josh Jacobs first, Saquon second, and then Tony Pollard is my out guy. So you're getting rid of Pollard. Yeah. Um, how are we, how are we supposed to view this? Saquon Barkley, by the way, had a year where he missed the entire season off of injury, which I no. think was more significant than Tony Pollard's injury. Pollard has what a crack in his bone? Like they're 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 expecting him back. Didn't he have? Wasn't it, it was it was either a knee was it or the ankle? It was a really low. It was a bad lower leg injury, and I was trying to remember if there was significant ligament damage and other things too, or if it was just you talking about Pollard or Saquon leg. Barkley? Pollard. I think it was just the ankle. He, just he broke, broke his ankle. I think he broke the ankle, yeah. Broken fibula, which is that bone right there, the non-bearing bone, mm-hmm. which actually broke my fibula back in the day, balling back on the blacktop. What was Saquon Barkley's injury? Was it ACL? It was ACL. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was ACL. It was ACL. Yeah. It wasn't Achilles. Achilles worries me more about ACL. Uh, I think Pollard's going to be fine. It doesn't feel like Pollard is on the same echelon as these two, though. Now, how how am I viewing this? Like, one must go. Like, am I the OC for an NFL team? You, I'm the OC for the Texans. You're, you're the team... Isn't this start, sit, cut? Just no, it's which, one must go. Like, I know, one, but I'm saying it's the same premise, though. If you have to no, get rid of it's, one, it's, it's like it's like start, start, cut. Yeah, okay. who are you gonna? Which if you're which guy are you letting him walk out the door? Tony. Pollard. If you're the Giants, are you letting Barkley walk at the end of this mess? Man. Are you letting Josh Jacobs walk? If you're the Raiders, or are you letting Tony Pollard walk? See, I think they're all close because Barkley's running back is who our backup is who. Josh Jacobs' backup is Amir White, who did nothing as a rookie. Tony Pollard's backup is like Malik Davis and Deuce Vaughn. Jones, too, right? Um, who? Jones from Tampa Jones Bay. is like running back four. Like He's an old veteran that I think is just there to be a veteran in the room. I think they, they like Malik Davis and Deuce Vaughn a lot more. Um, see, Barkley's the engine for the Giants. Like He is the engine of that offense, so it's hard for me to c- include Barkley. Josh Jacobs is weird. I think Josh Jacobs is legitimately going to hold out, and I think it's a terrible decision. He show up today. And I think it's a terrible decision, but I think Jacobs is a better football player than Pollard. I have to go with you as much as I hate agreeing with you. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta leave out Pollard. I had one cowboy honk trying to argue with me today that there's not 
any difference between Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott, uh-huh. and I about dropped dead. Oh it was the stupidest. In fact, like you right landed now? on the list. Like you right landed now? on the list. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That guy that Zeke's said that to me team. landed on the list. I know. He was trying to say, well, there's not much difference between Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott. You know what, dude? You landed on the list. I think the reason why Pollard's definitely the one that must go in this situation is that is Daniel Jones anything what you want him to be without Barkley? The answer is probably not. Is Jimmy Garoppolo and that offense going to be effective without Josh Jacobs? The answer is definitely not. Can the Cowboys be good without Tony Pollard? Absolutely. But aren't they going to be? Aren't they supposed to be more run centric now? Yes, but I think that they can more easily replace Pollard than the other guys, and and he's just not as good. So like, and it's just because Dak's a better quarterback than those other two guys. Yeah, that's a good point. So it's like Tony Pollard is just less valuable. Is Dak so much better than Vanilla Vic? It depends on what kind of step he takes. I mean, look, Brian Dayball, what he did with Josh Allen, it seems like he started to do that with Daniel Jones. I don't think Daniel Jones makes that leap that Josh Allen made, but if he's just a little bit better. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to. Fi- and those receivers suck. Giants? Yeah, their best receiver is Darren Waller. They have a collection of below mediocrity. They signed Cole Beasley. They did. They, they signed Cole Beasley. I think that the. I think. I think Wondell Robinson has a chance to be the best receiver. And that's. I guess that's good on him, but is that saying something with all the guys they've overspent to yeah, try Galladay and other guys, and then the, they didn't work out, and Galladay had attitude problems. And they sent him packing. They've wanted to draft and bring in. You know, they they just basically un- unloaded Tony after they drafted him. You know, they, I think they've had a lot of missteps along the way too. But I, I mean, I'm not enamored with any of their wide receivers by any stretch of the imagination. And Saquon might be their best receiver because yeah. of what he does out of the back. I deal. think Waller's. Extremely overrated. What kind of odds would you give to me if I said that Daniel Bellinger would have more total yards than Darren Waller? Is that Cody's brother? Um, I would say... No, his last name is Bellinger, not Stute. Oh, Cody Bellinger. Oh, that's my bad. Um, at what, what odds would you give me? Um, I love that reaction. Um, I would have it pretty low, so I, I wouldn't really give you any odds. I'd probably give you give plus... Me... i give you probably plus 100. Oh, that's... Week. I'm not doing it for plus 100. Because Waller, I expect Waller to miss five, six games. Me too. Give me plus 500 blankers. It's no. not good enough. So, texter, listener, Twitcher. I'm, I'm actually I'm done making. Unless unless yeah, go to Twitch. And unless see if you're get Todd paid. the show. Unless you're Todd the show. I'll make a bet with Todd the show. And he is a Giants fan. He paid. I paid him. Oh. Um. I, I trust Todd the show. He's. I. I don't know why, but I do. That's. A, he's a Giants fan too. Trust the, the man show. that has the show tattooed across his entire back. Does he? Are you serious? Yeah. Well, I don't know if I want to make this bet Wait, with no. Todd anymore. <laughs> I, just, I had to ask the question. Is that real? That yeah, he, real. he tweeted it the other night. He tweets a lot of stuff. Yeah, he does. Um, yeah, Todd the show. You give me plus 500. I'll take Bellinger to have a better year than Waller. Total yards. Plus 500. I'll do that with anybody. But you have to send the bet to Joe or Blankers in escrow. Because I don't trust all of you. 713-780-ESPN. If anybody wants a little bit of action. All right, I don't know what we're doing next because we're not doing the uh, the whole what's coming up on the wheelhouse bit anymore because it's boring now because it's not nearly as fun as saying who's going to be the, the future deep snapper of the Houston Texans when John Weeks retires. So what to expect from the Astros-Rangers game two? Can J.P. France get it done? Will Jordan Alvarez be in the lineup? Maybe Dusty will drop one of those two lineups here in the next few minutes. And also, what you watching tonight? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.
Welcome back to the Killer Bees Nuts. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Here's Joel Blank and that Jeremy Branham guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. J.B. France on the mound today for the Houston Astros. It's too bad he's pitching at home. J.P. France, 5-3 and three record, 313 ERA. But at, on the road, best ERA in all of baseball for any starter. Wish this game was in Arlington. Uh, Yeri Rodriguez on the mound for uh, the Rangers. An opener. They're going to have a bulk guy after him. Forgot his name, though. Um, what do you think about when you hear the name Jerry? Jerry Jones. I think Jerry Jones, too. You know who's a, a dark horse candidate? Seinfeld? Jerry on Secession. Oh. You watch Jerry Se- Secession? Oh, yeah. You remember Jerry? Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. She- top Jerry's. Top Jerry's. This is Yerry, not Springer's Jerry. has got to be up there, right? Jerry Springer? Yeah, Jerry he's kind Jones. of... Jerry... Is he outdated now? Uh, probably. Like, he's still close. He's still it's there. People still Mine's watch dark the horse. show Mine's dark they horse. Find Jerry Seinfeld's way more popular than Jerry from Secession. Yeah. Mine's a dark horse candidate, but a Jerry that just popped into my mind. Uh, we'll see what the Astros get done today. Uh, Jose Arquiti, by the way, is on the mound today. How come you didn't play Jose Arquiti's song? There's because only... he's not pitching in the majors. Fair. That's he's fair. pitching on the... Corpus Christi Hooks. Right, but he's pitching on the mound in San Antonio against the Missions. Mm. Lance McCullers did not like that mound. He didn't? Did not like that mound in San Antonio. I hope Jose Arquiti likes the mound in San Antonio better than Lance McCullers liked that mound in San Antonio. What are you the saying? Stadium's like, right there off like of I-10, right? What do you mean? Are you saying it like that? Uh, I've called a game there, as a matter of fact. Right. Houston Cougars, they, UTSA Roadrunners. At one point, they were the farm team of the Dodgers, and then uh, that's one right, of the lower farm teams of the Dodgers. Yeah. Who are they? Who are they with now? I don't even know. I don't even know either. What were you saying, Joe? San Antonio is that that's San Antonio? A, it sounds like you're saying like yo, San Antonio. Is it San Antonio? San Antonio, probably. Okay, I'm just asking for clarification. San Antonio, don't, don't nitpick him. Man. I don't know if this was like San a Antonio. B, I don't know if it was like a beaky bit where you're beaky. Beaky's are. I have a headache. Maybe that's. It. Maybe I, I don't know. I'm not. Don't make excuses. Yeah, You're fine. Yeah. Hey, Joe, slow down. Uh, what do you want to see tonight with the Astros and JP France? I, I want to see Jordan in the lineup. I just want to see another win, and I don't care how they get there because I was ready to pull the plug a couple times last night when I thought that, especially when they got all the way back up to tied and then gave up a three spot, and I'm like, God, all this, you know, climbing back in the game, clack, scratch and clawing, and then boom, and then they find a way to win it. Now I want them to kind of build on the momentum and really. Not just send a message, but start stepping on the throats of the Rangers and just going, you know what? This has always been our division. It will continue to be our division, and we're going to take control of it from the rest of this homestand. Sure, you can start by saying, yeah, what a quality start. I would even like to have more of that from J.P. France, but if you were able to do what you were able to do against a pitcher that's had some success against you last night, well, give me a four or five spot in the first, you know, put four or five on the board in the first three or four innings. Send a clean and consistent message. We're not going to do what we normally do when we score 10 runs in a game. We know how big this series is. We step up for those kind of series. You got an opener. We got a guy that's been pitching well, and our offense is coming around. So let's just do it. I just want, if the Astros are in trouble at all, I just hope if Rolls Chapman's on the mound at some point. Yeah. You see his career RA, Minute Maid? It's like in the sevens. He stinks. It's crazy. There has to be a massive mental block every time he walks in the building. I mean, his body language on the home run, it looked identical to the Altuve one. (laughs) Like the slump after he gave up the hit, like it looked the same. He he had not allowed a base runner since he'd been traded to the Rangers, right? Pretty sure that they've said that on the broadcast. Yes, he, did. He's been he, had, he had walked a guy or a base, uh, and he had no, given up a run. Altuve got a hit against him in his first, that's right. that first weekend. So he hasn't walked anybody. He hasn't probably hasn't allowed a run. run. 
Hasn't yeah. let a run. Yep. And he gives up three on a Jazz McCormick three-run dog. he had dog. a three-run to protect, too, which is fantastic. You can give up one if you're up three. But if you give up three, protecting three, it's not a good look. You know what's also pretty funny? Is that Bochi brought him in in the seventh inning to face the leverage, guys. <laughs> he gave up the three runs in the seventh Thinking inning. He still had Will the Thrill Smith in his back pocket if he needed him. Yeah, he had Will the Thrill. There's yeah. still no lineup for a Dusty Baker. He's probably waiting on Jordan Alvarez to roll out of bed and see if he wants to play baseball today. What are we betting? Jordan rule number yeah, 29. He lets you know when he wants to play baseball. I think he plays tonight. I think he's I think he's in tonight. I think, I think this was the prototypical Dusty Baker. Whenever everybody tells you that a player is ready... Everybody tells you a player is ready. You do the Dusty one more day. I'm going to say no. You don't think so? I think because it's not one of their stud pitchers either. I think you're facing an opener. But isn't that, like, don't you need to give him some work? Like he's, no, he's no, like, what I'm saying. I, I think he's going to play oh, tonight okay. because you're going to have an opener. I you're going to be going through a lot of the bullpen guys. Perfect to get him kind of that next step between AAA and getting against really good pitching. Yeah. And I think it's the scenario just sets itself up for him to play. Dusty I, I not playing. Like, if Joran doesn't play back-to-back days and doesn't hit live pitching back-to-back days, that's that's kind of troublesome. Th- yeah, now there's more concern. I'm surprised we didn't mention this just because, Joel, you brought it up yesterday. But yesterday before the game, Dusty Baker would not commit to Jose Altuve needing a rehab appearance. Yeah. Right? And he might just... Yeah on the Astros. Yeah. I've had a feeling that they're just going to be like, yeah, you, Jose Altuve's in the lineup tonight. Like, what if they're both in the lineup I just, tonight? And, that, you know, and I was adamant about that, the fact that more and more, it just doesn't seem like it's as necessary. And you bring up the good point, but if you skip going to AAA and you throw them out there and then they really struggle or get hurt, now it's on you. If they go through rehab in AAA and you bring them back and then something happens, you did what you were supposed to do. Yeah, so. this one feels like Jordan rule number 69. Jordan doesn't play in Oakland. Yeah. Maybe ever, maybe ever again. <laughs> but but shouldn't he play against Texas? Absolutely. Yeah, but like I'm not confident he's gonna be in the lineup. It's quite the jump you made there. I think you skipped 41 rules. Oh, I don't know why. You got a lot of gap to fill. Settled in kind of quickly on 69. Hmm. It's a nice rule. So now that we're not doing this, uh, what's the wheelhouse going to lead off their show with? Because That's it's not right. fun anymore. Because of a departure, they ruined our bit. They ruined our bit. Thanks a lot. Selfish behavior ruining our bit. What what do y'all think about what you're watching tonight? Is a bit. Well, the Astros. It's easy. Astros it's easy tonight. Up. It's too hard during its Astro season. I see. Actually, I think it's not hard. It's easy. I'm oh, sorry. It's too easy. But right I think now. it's entertaining, like on an off day. Oh, like, for sure. Like Blankers. How old's your daughter now? Seven and three. Like seven under softball is what I'm watching tonight. I'm watching. Uh, Ms. What are you Rachel? doing on the Miss Rachel? We've watched a lot of Miss Rachel lately. <laughs> I know all of, of her stupid songs. Yeah, Miss Rachel. My goodness. The Astros. What is Miss Rachel for she, kids? A babysitter oh. that's on YouTube. She's like a... Icky, sticky, sticky, sticky bubble gum yeah, is she, one that's stuck in my head. She's like a preschool teacher or a speech therapist. She was a speech has, pathologist, yeah. That has like 100 million views on every single YouTube. It, honestly, if you got kids and they're in like that under three range, she's awesome. She's done more teaching of uh, Branham Baby <laughs> Than Branham parents. <laughs> JJ learns words. What that about we're like I didn't teach you that, and it's like, yeah. oh, Miss Rachel did. How do you know that? What oh. about the family that just opens toys? Oh, hard pass. You you're obsessed with these people. It annoys me. You bring they, them up all the time yeah, because it annoys me that my daughter watches this and they make millions, and they get sponsored and they get endorsements and they get all this stuff, and then they start getting the toys for free because companies are sending them to them too. And my kids are just fascinated by it. You know who my favorite follow on Instagram is right now? I forget his name. I think it's Cooking with Daryl. He's just like some old, like middle-aged white man that has like the best outdoor kitchen, and he grills up steaks and drinks every single night. And you watch that? Watch the thirty-second video. Absolutely. Oh, 30 second. I, I, yeah, it it's like my it favorite Instagram now. follow. Cooking with Daryl. 
My fa- I'm I'm an old white guy. That's what you do every night. I, I don't it. do it every night, but he's he's always you know how they have the alg- the algorithm on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. He pops up first on my algorithm. I, I don't open up Instagram very much. I'm not much of an Instagrammer. I probably open up Instagram once every three days, so it allows for like a queue to build up. So I'm I see cooking with Daryl, cooking up some ribeyes, some tomahawks, some nice drinks that I copy with some gentle Ben vodka. He's the best. He's my favorite Instagram. Good tips. I mean, you got he does he give you things that you can actually implement and go. Oh, I wasn't oh, yeah. doing that before. That that. Oh work. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. I mean, I don't I don't do any of them because I don't want to cook. But absolutely, he does that. Cooking with Daryl, best Instagram follow there is on Instagram. I could name a few others, but uh, what do you got? Who I'd, pops up I'd, on I'd, your algorithm? I'd have to go and look into it to tell you that but there's a few you don't know leave it there for now who is it never mind probably shania twain no <laughs> she's coming to houston though or did she just come i think to she did yeah i heard she was jasper was was uh jasper gave us a good bad and ugly of the shania twain concert on monday oh did he yeah it was pretty funny a lot of people are texting in their love for miss rachel right now hmm. like it's uh it's not that blippy clown that guy stinks. No, but Peppa Pig's still Who? up there. Blippy? Who's Blippy? Oh, he looks like a cross between Where's Waldo and just some circus clown. Stinks. There are some times I'm wondering what Miss Rachel might be teaching Branham Baby <laughs> and whether or not I want Branham Baby to know some of the things that Miss Rachel might be teaching. There are some times I'm worried about that. Peppa Pig, Bluey. Those are big in the blank household with the kids. No lineup for Dusty. I'm disappointed. He's I waiting. Was really, I was hoping we're gonna. I got the breaking news sound he's, ready. He's waiting for Jordan to roll out of bed. Well, you got. Well, that's what the wheelhouse is going to be talking about. Because luckily enough, they'll have a savior of a segment coming their way. So, what are you? Uh, what are you watching tonight? Astro. What are you, Joe? That's Astros. It. What, are, what, are you, what are you all watching tonight? Let the wheelhouse know. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven. Astros. We know it's the Astros. All right, that does it for us. Thanks to Joe George for doing most of the hard work. He's blank on Branham. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Houston. The wheelhouse house with Patrick Creighton and Beaky is next on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Instacart shoppers know groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock-hard avocados. They know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find. 
And they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way. Let Instacart shoppers help take shopping off your plate so you can get time and energy back for what really matters. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart.